Welcome to episode 16 of the RMD podcast from Reverse Mortgage Daily. I'm Chris Clow, editor of RMD. In this episode, we sat down with Harlan Akala, Reverse Mortgage Director at Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, to discuss his journey into the industry and how Fairway is trying to change the dynamic of American retirement. In our discussion, Harlan shares more about his reverse mortgage journey, the potential he sees for the product category now and in the future, how the pandemic could be a turning point for the reverse mortgage industry, and what needs to happen to ensure enough Americans are educated about how their retirements can be affected by the use of a reverse mortgage. Hope you enjoy it. Harlan, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the RMD podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm glad to be here, Chris. Excellent. Great. Well, um, just for the few people listening who might not be familiar with who you are, you know, both of them, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got your start in the mortgage and reverse mortgage industries. Yeah, it was kind of a second career uh, that I started back in 96, and I started primarily in the forward world. And like a lot of your listeners fell in love with the reverse and back about uh, 2002, 2003, and then gradually switched over to do nothing but reverse. And I had worked at a couple of companies, including my own broker shop. But the real advantage is is that back in 2015, I was able to join Fairway, which is an incredible platform and really helped me get my career furthered in the business because it's a larger platform. And most importantly, our whole team of people came over and there's about 40 to 50 of us now at Fairway that work exclusively on reverse and uh, building that part of the uh, company. And I just wish I would have found Fairway a little bit earlier because I think the whole industry would be a little bit better off because it just has the ability to be able to get it into more locations and more relationships. And, And as far as me personally, I've just always been kind of good at hiring people a lot smarter than myself and being a part of a better organization. And that's, that's where I got kind of lucky as because I'm just kind of a farm kid from uh, uh, Wisconsin that that did okay. (laughs) Well, that's, that's great. I'm curious, since you started in the forward world, what was it that really first got your attention about reverse mortgages? And uh, was it the same thing that led you to believe that it was a viable business path for you to get into? Well, that's interesting. I was one of the, I was kind of like the conversion of Paul in the Bible. I mean, I, I was breathing fire against reverse mortgages. I had listened to this Dave Ramsey baloney, and I thought the reverse mortgages were evil. And I told all of my clients to stay away from them, that pay off your mortgage and be done with it and get debt free and all this other kind of stuff. And I didn't understand the power of leverage. I didn't mm. understand that equity was not as valuable as what everybody says that it is. And it probably would still be like that. But in the early 2000s, I was invited to a uh, reverse mortgage seminar in Miami in January. If you live in Wisconsin, you go to any seminar in Miami in January because (laughs) you want to get the heck out of the 20 below zero weather. And that's the only reason I went. Selfishly, I just went to warm up a little bit and unthaw. And I had no idea that that three-day meeting was going to change my life and change my family's life and a thousand clients that I personally have dealt with. And and I'm very thankful that it happened because I just thought it was somewhere, you know, you lost your house and it was a ripoff and all this other kind of stuff. And I that's what I believed because I didn't know any better. 
And fortunately, I had an open enough mind to understand that, whoa, things have to change. When I realized that that was the case and I understood how it fit into an overall financial picture, I became almost like a religious conversion on it that, hey, I've got to tell everybody that it was wrong and I was wrong in the past and I've learned something and uh, your life is better off if you do this than if you don't. In the early stages, I was just glad that I was able to save an 80-year-old's house or that I was able to help a widow that was otherwise not going to be able to afford a normal lifestyle. But as I got further into it, I realized the best time would be at age 62 to plan retirement better by using home equity right from the beginning, because it doesn't make sense to rush in and save the day when somebody's 85 and broke. It makes a lot more sense to talk to them when they're 62 and fix things so they don't have a problem. So that's really where my mission in life came from in this career is that not that I want to help an 85-year-old widow that needs money, but let's go upstream and fix things at 62 rather than waiting until there's a problem at 82. Sure. Yeah, I think that that's very understandable. Obviously, your title is reverse mortgage director at Fairway. So I'm curious if you're able to talk about problems that you have to deal with as the head of a major reverse mortgage division that people just might not expect that you have to deal with. Well, the interesting thing about Fairway is we've got an incredibly great culture where people really, despite the fact that we're 8,000 employees that we just passed this past month, people are very oriented toward the teamwork philosophy and they really care about each other. And I know it sounds trite and, you know, that that's not really the case, but we really still call it the Fairway family. And the number of problems and issues that I've had to deal with at Fairway are probably very few and far between. The most challenging thing is, is and that's good and bad, is really our team is a facilitator. We serve the rest of the group. So we're really servants. We're not bosses. And the servant mentality and culture is very prevalent in Fairway. So I don't really, people don't report to me. I help them with their business. I help the branch manager hire someone or I help the person that needs to be trained. So uh, sometimes there's, because Fairway is so big, sometimes there's some issues with when there's a lot of people in Scottsdale, Arizona that are all trained in reverses is sometimes they step on each other's toes. And so sometimes we have to take care of some small little turf wars like that, but that doesn't happen very often, maybe once every couple of months. Most of the things that I deal with are more internally, how can we do better? How can we serve our branch managers and our loan officer network? How can we get the news out better? How can we get more forward people to understand how important the reverse scenario is? And that's really, you know, what what I look at is our biggest problem, challenge, opportunity all wrapped up together is making sure that we've got the correct information out that in every office, Every location of fairway that reverses are given a fair audience and that they're properly sold, they're properly explained, and they're used when they should be used because there's a few too many forward mortgages that are done because people are just used to doing them. And Mm -hmm. that's the biggest problem, I would say, at fairway is we're doing too many forward mortgages for people over 62. 
Sure. So it's kind of like a uh, a fairness doctrine of sorts for reverse mortgages. If if someone is within the age range to qualify, then they're going to at least learn about it uh, alongside forward options. It is. That's really what the goal is. The vast majority of branches have a reverse mortgage loan officer, have somebody trained in reverses. And most of the time, it's an issue that comes up in our software. It pops up when somebody puts information into the software that this person is over 62, maybe a reverse mortgage would fit. We're putting it into our Fairway Now app, the app that we have for that people would uh, apply with. We're trying to have it in all aspects that people are given option A and option B. Just like if somebody's a veteran, we certainly want to talk to them about a VA loan. If somebody's a first-time homebuyer, we want to talk to them about a first-time homebuyer program. So if somebody's over 62, why won't we want to talk to them about a reverse mortgage option? Even if they don't go with it, they should know about it. So that's the biggest goal that we have at Fairway is to making sure that every person over 62, and even the people in their 50s, when they're making a decision as to whether or not to go with a 15 or 30-year mortgage and what they're going to refinance right now, if I'm 50 years old and I've got 12 years left before retirement, should I go with a forward or reverse? Or should I go with a 15 or a 30 because I'm going to maybe do a reverse at 62? So how should I plan in doing a refinance even when I'm younger? So we're trying to kind of infiltrate that information of kind of an overall mortgage financial plan into every aspect at Fairway. Sure, that makes sense. That kind of leads into what I wanted to ask you about next, because the changes that the reverse mortgage industry has undergone over the course of its entire existence is really on a constant basis. Over the course of your career, I'm curious about what are some of the biggest ways that you've seen the reverse mortgage industry change during that time, positive or negative? Well, I think the biggest thing happened in 2009 as far as how it affects Fairway. I wasn't at Fairway then, but the reverse for purchase is still a very underutilized product. And when I never talked to realtors in the beginning of my career in reverses because what good did it do? You can do a reverse for purchase. You can only do refinances. And so when that happened, I think that I wish that would have happened earlier because I was just on a webinar with realtors last week. And one realtor said right at the beginning, I just about didn't come to this webinar because I thought that you couldn't use a reverse mortgage to purchase. That's 11 years ago. That's how bad of a job we've done in getting it out to the realtor community. I mean, it wasn't even in the SRES curriculum for real estate agents, the senior real estate specialist curriculum. So I think that that was a big change that we haven't fully seen the value of it. It's my goal at Fairway that we would do way more reverse for purchases because we, up until the big refinance boom came along, we're about 80, 85% purchase. And so we have a lot of relationships with the realtors and it's our responsibility at Fairway to get that news out to the realtors because there's a lot of them that don't know about it. I think that the change that happened when we lost the 10% and, and you know everybody kind of freaked out back in 17, that was a good change and it was a bad change. Obviously, it defines everybody's memory. Everybody talks about, well, pre and post-2017. I think it was good that it woke everybody up to realize that you know a lot of people left the business and weeded out some people who really maybe weren't serious about it. But I think that it kind of woke up 
all of us at NERMLA as well to kind of make sure that we were making changes and in, in concert with FHA to make sure that we could figure out how can we decrease these costs. And so that was that was obviously a big earthquake, but I don't think it was nearly as bad because the majority of people that are refinancing a loan, they could afford to do it anyway. And if there was a little bit of cash that needed to be brought to close because of the drop in the LTV, it still was something that made sense. So I think those are the two biggest single changes that, uh, you know, the one that had too much impact, the uh, change in the LTV in 2017, and the other one that didn't have enough impact, the 2009 H4P, which still way lags behind what it should be doing and could be doing. And, and I look at myself on that. We got to get that changed. Sure. No, I, I understand. I mean, it's it certainly, uh, I can see how that would be a motivating factor, especially if that's a, an avenue that you guys have seen for growth. That's really exciting to hear. I did want to ask you, though, we connected a little earlier in the summer about some of the things that are happening at Fairway in terms of how you see the importance of the company culture, how the pandemic has affected business, and the fact that you guys have a new educational partnership with NAFA. Is this the most eventful summer you've had as Fairway's reverse mortgage director, or is there another one that has a run for the money? No, this is our, I have never, and we've got some more things coming yet. I have never, I'm 60 years old. Uh, I've never, and I've got involved in a lot of, you know, the big stuff that I had to do a lot of work on. And uh, even in other, uh, you know, businesses that I had worked in before, but I've never felt so overwhelmed with opportunity. I think that this is the, um, the best year, when I look back, I think that this will be the best year that kind of woke us all up and uh, made us realize that, hey, we have to help people. You know, I wrote an article for NASDAQ about that this is the vaccine for the financial virus that's inflicting retirees. I sincerely believe that. I, I think this has highlighted it. And out of out of negative things, that when I was a kid, I read uh, positive mental attitude books. And of course, Napoleon Hill, in the seat of every adversity, in every university, there's a seed of an equal or greater benefit. I think we're going to see huge benefits from this. This woke everybody up and said, whoa, we, we've got to do things differently. We've got to do things better. We've got to protect our senior population. So in answer to your question, no, I have never been so busy. I have never felt so much obligation to do more stuff, take advantage of more opportunities. Sometimes I'm just sitting here at my, my desk and in between Zoom calls uh, <laughs> and thinking, what is the best use of my time? I could do this. I could make this phone call. But what's the best thing I could do? And I think that that is the biggest thing that we all have to be thinking about, no matter what interest you're in, is uh, time is a finite thing. And um, what's the best thing that we can be doing right now? There's a, there's, there's a lot of things that can take our time. Where can we really get the best value out of our time because we you know unlike money you can make it lose it and make it back again you can't make time back sure yeah absolutely how has the educational partnership with nafa been going so far are you able to see the impact that it's having on your operations or is it too soon to tell i think it's too soon to tell i'm very optimistic about it we have over 200 members that instantly happened in the first week so nafa has got 200 new members from the mortgage world. We wow. haven't even started with the forward people yet. <laughs> so, and we've got over 4,000 loan officers. 
so, you know, when we get the forward people really involved, that's hundreds more. And then we go out to the financial advisors who are not members of NAFA and recruit them because maybe Joe in Phoenix already has a relationship with Sue, who's a financial advisor in Phoenix, and she's not a member of NAFA yet. And so Joe and Sue are going to talk about, hey, let's join NAFA together and let's make some things happen together. And so that's really, it's too early to tell, but I can tell you that it will be definitely a big impact. Will it be a incredibly huge impact? Will it change the course of history? Maybe in the retirement planning. I don't know how good it's going to be, but it's what has to be done in order to help seniors retire because the old way of doing things is not going to work. We know that for sure. Certainly. No, I, I totally understand and respect that. Well, because of your position and as a leader in the industry, I feel like while I have you, I have to ask you about the the proprietary market since it's burgeoning and it's been a big topic of conversation in the industry for a while now. Do you think that the day will come when proprietary products will eclipse the HECM or do you see the industry wins maybe moving in a different direction? You know, for those that know me in the industry, they're going to say, well, Harlan, you don't act like that because I don't do a very good job of selling proprietary products, pushing them with our our team. So we might be one of the underperformers right now. But I think I would be shocked if 10 years from now, we weren't looking at 80% or 70% proprietary and Heckam being a much smaller part of the equation. Look at the forward work. I mean, could you imagine having FHA being 98% of the business in the forward world? I mean, that's crazy. We do tons of, we are the number one FHA lender in the country. I think we're number one or number two in WIDA. So we do a lot of government stuff, but we do billions in Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and VA as well. So I think there's way too heavy reliance on one government product because, of course, it's, you know, it's kind of subject to what happens with the political wins, which is scary. I think the need for, I've already talked to other financial companies, not mortgage companies, the need for new proprietary products, I think is huge. And I I had a discussion a while back uh, with Chris from Longbridge and we need to develop uh, some more specific things that fit hand in glove with forward mortgages and with other financial planning things. So the old days of just, you know, take a 30-year mortgage out, pay it off and be done with it is not, that doesn't fit going into the future. You can't have 40% of the people making a mortgage payment on a 30-year mortgage when they turn 62, but that's what's going on. Sure. Uh, we need some innovation in that. And I, I think that like anything, it takes a while. I mean, when, when cars came out, it took a while. People thought horseless carriages were dangerous. And it took a while before people said that that was better to do than riding horses. So I think it's going to take a while to accept. It's taken me a while to accept because when you get familiar and used to the Heckam, and it's, it's hard to change. But I think proprietary is the future. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Yeah. And I think that that's pretty understandable. Uh, 70, 70 to 80 percent. That That's quite a, a lofty prediction. But hey, I mean, the, the lenders themselves seem to be very motivated to, to get. Well, I did say I did say 10 years. Sure. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it won't happen anytime soon, but it's got to go there. It's it's too much dependence on one product. 
Sure. No, I, I understand completely. In terms of product education and consumer awareness, how far do you think the industry has come in educating people about the potential for reverse mortgage products? But also, how far do you think it still has to go? And do you think that the pandemic is going to end up being a pivotal moment for the industry in the future? Well, it's sure better. I, you know, I tend to be have rose-colored glasses, but I think that we'll look back on 2020 as a turning point. I read the book a long time ago, Malcolm Gladwell's The Tipping Point. I don't know if we're at the tipping point where there's the meteoric growth, the hockey stick graph, but how far have we come? Not even close to what we should. We're scratching the surface. I mean, we have less than, we have a product that's got less than 3% of the people that could qualify. We've got less than 3% of market penetration. We see that all the time. I mean, my goodness, forward mortgages, 60%. 70% of uh, people over 62 have a forward mortgage or have had had a mortgage and are homeowners. It has to go so far. And the problem, I believe, is, uh, Chris, is that we have, in the beginning, we were so oriented to selling this to people that were broke, and it got so branded and so ingrained in everybody's head that this is a loan of last resort that is going to take decades, literally, to get that reversed. And so we have to get the education out there, which is why we were so anxious to get going with NAFA and are doing other things along with the education, because our industry did a horrible job of educating other industries to the point that they even came out and said, oh, compliance-wise, we don't even want our uh, financial planners to talk about it. So I don't think we're even 10% of the way there. The results speak for themselves. I'm not trying to be pessimistic about it. We got a long ways to go to educate the public, educate advisors, educate home care places, educate attorneys, along with, of course, financial planners and realtors. It's sad. We just have not had enough outreach. And and then people go out and try to educate and we get rebuffed because they don't want to hear about it. And so it's once the education gets out there and the tipping point happens, then everybody will want to know about it. But right now we, we are, we're not even 10% of the way down the road Mm -hmm. on education. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an understandable perspective. Absolutely. One question I wanted to ask you that is very, very open-ended. You're welcome to take it in any direction that you want to for you. What is the best part about being in the reverse mortgage industry and why does it stand out to you? Well, you know, when I was younger, it's just figure out a way to make the bills, try to put away money for the future. Hopefully you can, your next year, you'll make more money than last year. And, you know, it's kind of those small goals. When you get older and you're not worried about whether or not you have enough money for groceries, it obviously goes to the point that everybody talks about that, what kind of legacy do you want to leave? You know, and there's a certain amount of legacies that you want to leave to your family and things that with my four sons that uh, and their, uh, their wives and the grandkids that I want to leave in a personal family situation. But at the end of your life, you want to look back and say, did I make a difference in the things that I had the skill to be able to do? And there's a lot of people that are more qualified than me to get this story out, but there's not, maybe they're in other industries or whatever. There's not very many that are really pushing this as they should be with the financial planner industry and everything else. So I guess I just kind of look at it and say, well, Harlan, just do what you can do and 
get enough other people on the wagon as you're going down the road. Because I believe that fundamentally, because of people like Dave Ramsey teaching in churches all over the country, as though he was the second coming, he screwed up the way retirement should be done in this country. Way too many people listened to him on his radio show. Millions of people listened. And then there's other people like Clark Howard and Susie Orman and other financial baloney that non-licensed people are talking about. And in my small way, I'm not anywhere near as big as Dave Ramsey. I don't have any people listening to my radio show because I don't have one. But uh, we must change the way retirement is done in this country or my kids and my grandkids are in deep trouble. We've got another 20, 30 years to change this. And it's going to affect the national debt. It's going to affect the long-term care industry. It's going to affect everything. If we don't use some of the $7.2 trillion, it's not about selling more mortgages or getting to you know, 150,000 mortgages a year or anything else. That's all our side benefit or side goals. But we have to change the way retirement is done in this country. If we don't, the next generation and the generation of my grandkids that are just being born right now will have a terrible price to pay. And I think about that every time I look at my cute little grandkids, uh, four of them, and think, I better get back to work. I better start doing some stuff because I wanted to go down the history books that we were able to change the way retirement is done in this country and not just sell a few more mortgages or make a certain amount of money or you know have a certain amount of real estate portfolio or whatever, but it is specifically that we must change the way retirement is done in this country. Mm -hmm, Certainly. Well, um, last thing that I really wanted to ask you is about one of the things that you consistently tell me whenever we talk is that the industry should be doing significantly more loans than it's doing now. Is there any particular one path forward for the industry to get to the amount of loans that you think should be closing? How do we get there? Well, obviously, if I knew that, I'd be uh, independently wealthy and off on, you know, one of the Virgin Islands. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, that that's the thing that mystifies me all the time. I'll talk to sales trainers. I'll talk to people outside of the industry, and they'll just be shocked that we're at 3% or 2% penetration, depending upon which state you're in, and, and that St. George, Utah is incredible because they're at like 4 or 5% and the highest in the country, I think for the number uh, percentage of, uh, of people. I don't think there is one thing. There is no, everybody's looking for the silver bullet, whether it's, you know, the next great mailing piece or, you know, the uh, membership and this or that or whatever. I think things like the NAFA partnership software that we're working on, working with a large forward company that already has an army of people and infrastructure. There's a lot of companies that if all of a sudden things went 10 times and they, and let's say they're doing a hundred loans now every month, if they went 10 times to a thousand loans a month, they could not handle it. They don't have the infrastructure to be able to do it. They could not 10 times. We could at Fairway because the infrastructure is already there to do a thousand forward loans a month. So we have to be thinking in terms of the 10 times stuff. So there has to be a a plan for that. There has to be a a belief in that is maybe the number one thing. I don't know how many people in the industry, I've talked to a lot of people in the industry, and they don't believe that we're going to start doing a half a million loans a year. 
because it's like we went from 125,000 and then we went to 30,000. It's like, you know, how will we ever even get back to 125? Mm-hmm. So the industry has to have a belief because there's a lot of people that are smarter than myself. And if a whole bunch of people get together and start thinking, hey, we can try this, we can try that. There's multiple, in answer to your question, there's multiple paths to that it becomes mainstream. And I obviously dream that at some point in the future, it's just going to be normal. It's going to be like, okay, you know, you get Social Security, you look at Social Security at 62 or full retirement ages at 67 or whatever, and you look at Medicaid and uh, Medicare and you get on that at uh, 65 and people just look at, that's when I refinance my forward mortgage into a reverse, 62. That's the way, that's what you do. I believe that there are several routes to go to get there, and we're trying to do a few small things, but other people are in in the industry as well. We're not the only ones, of course. And I think if we all do things in a little different way, we hired Tim Harder, who is an excellent guy, knows more about marketing through banks and credit unions than anybody in the country. I think that's part of the pathway. NAFA is part of the pathway, working with financial planners, working with real estate agents making sure that every single forward loan officer at Fairway knows about this and other companies. Those are all paths forward that uh, it's not going to happen with one magic bullet because there isn't any. All right. Excellent. Well, Harlan, thank you again so much for joining me on on the RMD podcast. I uh, I really appreciate it. And I hope that uh, you and I can talk again soon about some of the stuff that's going on at Fairway. Well, I appreciate what you guys do and, and what you do specifically, Chris. If it wasn't for you getting some of the news out and everything, and I mean, the news media is a big part of this, you're part of the whole deal. So thank you for what you do. Oh, much appreciated, Harlan. Thanks for the kind words. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks much. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to episode 16 of the RMD podcast. Again, a very special thanks to Harlan Akala at Fairway for being so generous with his time in talking reverse mortgages with us. For more news and insights on the reverse mortgage industry, be sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at reversemortgagedaily.com. If you haven't already, subscribe to the RMD podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcast content. I'm Chris Clow, and this has been a production of Aging Media Network in Chicago, Illinois. See you next time.